You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Hi, everyone. This is Greg Alexander, the host of the ProServe podcast, brought to you by Collective 54, the first community dedicated to the boutique professional services industry. On today's episode, we're going to discuss recruiting salespeople into a small services firm. This is a very precise recruiting process, and we have a wonderful role model with us today. His name is Carter Hopkins, and he's a member of Collective 54, and he runs a firm that this is what they do. They recruit for sales, and he's successfully done this for several of our members, so he's got a lot to offer on this topic. So, Carter, it's good to see you. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Yes, sir. Greg, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, honored that you asked me to be on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'm the founder of Pursuit. Uh, We are a sales and marketing recruiting firm that specializes in helping our partners scale out their sales and marketing function with top talent. Fantastic. So let's jump into it. So my first question is, how is recruiting for sales positions inside services firms different than recruiting for a similar role in a product company? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, for, for me, recruiting for sales in general is so different than any other type of recruiting out there. Um, and that's really the reason I started our company eight years ago is because I, I there are a million recruiting firms out there. There's not a lot of sales recruiting firms. And I believe sales recruiting um, done well is very, very different than recruiting an engineer or recruiting somebody in IT or something like that. Um, and the reason why is it's it's uh, it's not as much about the resume. It's a lot of it is about the intangibles. It's about the person. Um, there's no certification on a resume that's going to sell anything. And so, uh, you know, our approach to sales recruiting and, and don't get me wrong. A lot of times we are looking for specific things on a resume as well. We're looking for those intangibles um, that you you may not necessarily be able to to see um, on the resume. And I think that makes it a little bit different as well as recruiting for a, a professional services firm and sales within a professional services firm. Just the motion is a lot different than it is when you're selling a product, you're selling a product. A lot of times it's the same sales pitch over and over, and it doesn't really have to be a solutions based sell. And when you're recruiting somebody to a professional to sell within a professional services firm, um, it's not tangible. Uh, your the, the sell itself looks so different than it does when it is one product and you're selling it the exact same way every time. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a really good point to bring out. You know, selling services, you're selling the intangible um, as a, a product is a tangible. And that's a very different motion. So that that's a good ad. All right, let me um, let me ask the next question, which is. You know, our, our membership, because you're a member and you know this, is is focused yeah. on boutiques, which is code for smaller firms. Um, so let's talk about the size dimension. So when you're recruiting sales positions for a small company as opposed yep. to a large company, how is that different? Yeah, working at a big company opposed to working at a small company is so different. And, you know, the thing that I would encourage members that are listening to this is when you recruit, you need to sell for what you are. 
um, and be very upfront and honest what you are with these candidates. And if the candidate is the right candidate for your small firm, that will excite them. If the candidate is the wrong candidate and you're and, and you are get going through the good and the bad about working for a small firm, it will scare them away. And so for us, I, you know, for me, I started the company eight years ago um, and we've built it out. And, you know, uh, I have when people come in to interview with me, I have to sell them, hey, it's it it's not a huge firm. We may not have all of the benefits for a lot of these sales reps that are coming from from big firms. What I see is they have a ton of resources. They have a marketing department. They have all of these different resources that they have access to. And then you throw them into a small environment and they're not used to that. Like they, they're like, hey, where's where is the collateral marketing collateral? It's like, well, I don't know. You may have to create that at a small firm. And so, um, you know, I think for me personally, I love small business, uh, obviously. And if you sell it correctly, because to me, there's a lot of advantages of a small firm. Candidates want to know that they can move up quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that you can in a small firm. They want to know that there's not as much uh, tape in, in um, to work through in a small company like that there is a big company. Uh, they want to know that they have access to the founder. There's a lot of selling points that you you can talk to candidates about that are true. But I would also almost sell against your opportunity. Hey, here's what it's not in the interview process and what it'll do. We've lost candidates that I liked and I thought could have been good, but they didn't want that. And I would rather know that in the interview process than figure that out four months down the road and have them leave. Yeah, I like that. Sell against it. That makes it it's kind of reverse psychology. And I, and I agree with you. I can't tell you how many times I've seen our membership and even outside of our membership, people get enamored you know, with the person with 20 years of industry experience and yeah. they try to bring him into this small firm and it's a train wreck because they can't scale down to a small firm. They're used to being surrounded by all these resources. And a small firm, it's it's largely, you know, building the plane as you're flying the plane and yeah. you need scrappy people that can make it happen. And sometimes these big company people, they have a really hard time scaling down like that. So that's a mistake yeah. we'd like all of our members uh, to avoid making. Well, and I think real quick on that, Greg, another selling point that I believe in small business for is if you're in sales, you want to try to uh, you want to try to create value within your company as an individual. And I believe it's easier to create value for a sales rep in a small company than in a big company. And the reason why is because when you work for a big company and you walk in there and the the name on your shirt sells itself, yeah, it's really hard. You're very replaceable. Very replaceable because the company's buying the the buyer is buying from the company and not from you. When you work for a small company and you walk in there, and when we were a, you know a six person company at Pursuit, and you and our sales rep walks into the room and says, "Hey, we're Pursuit," they don't know who Pursuit is. Yeah, exactly. So they're buying from David. They're buying from a person opposed to buying from a company. And so for me, that's one of the reasons I always we work with a lot of small companies, and that's one of our selling points to candidates. Um, about going to a small company. You may miss out on some benefits and some of those things, but you're able to create so much more value for the company, which in turn creates value for yourself. Yeah, good point. So let's get to one of the biggest mistakes that members are making right now, and that is they're overhiring in the sales leadership role, and they're hiring for it too early. Yeah. Um, you and I have spoken about this previously. I'd love for you to share with our members 
why you think this mistake is happening and maybe what to do about it. Yeah, I think, so here's kind of what I see. And we have the uh, opportunity to work with some professional services firms. And a lot of times it's on their first sales hire. And, you know, they've been they've been the CEO and they've been selling more or less. And they may not even like to sell. Yeah. They may like the delivery side of things and they may be specialized in that, but they find themselves selling and then they listen to Greg and they listen to Collective 54 and they go, Hey, I need to scale out my sales team. And and they reach out to me. And a lot of times they want us they want a sales leader. They think that they want a sales leader. Um that can be a player coach at first that can come in and is going to uh, be an individual contributor and then um, go into sales leadership. Right. And what, what I find is, you know, they want somebody that's been leading people mm-hmm. um, because they want them to own that sales function. But the, the hard part about that is somebody that's been leading people. It's very hard for them to go back and uh, to go back to selling all day, every day. Right. And they, they end up frustrated and it ends up not working out well in, in theory, in my opinion, um, from what I've seen. And so, you know, I always in most, I won't say always in most scenarios, uh, I believe in hiring somebody that's going to be a straight sales rep. Um, that's a little bit probably junior that has no problem reaching out 30, 40 times a day. The person that's been leading other people to make 40 calls a day it's really hard to get them to go back to making 40 calls a day um, in what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, I always cash is king, right? And like people, how you get cash is you get people that are selling. And I believe your first couple of hires, most of the time, it's important as long as you can put them in the right atmosphere, mm. it's important to, to, to find somebody that's okay with getting out and selling all day. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I agree with hundred percent. I mean, listen, individual contributors and in sales, it's a grind. And it is. You know, when you get to a midpoint in your career, maybe even later on in your career, going back to the grind is just culturally very difficult thing to do. And, and for our community, if you think about it, you know, most of them are, you know, early in the development of their sales function in general. So hiring an individual contributor to start with and using that person to kind of be the guinea pig or the test lab, if you will, to figure out what works for you. And then once you understand that, maybe that person has the ability to grow into the sales leadership job. If not, at least you know what's needed now because you had yep. that, that junior person in there grinding all the time. So so really good advice. Speaking of which, I wanted to get to the next question, which is yeah. our members, the stereotype of our members, if I could place that on them, is this. They're absolutely brilliant domain experts at what it is that they do. Um, yeah. And that's the reason why they've been able to build their firms is because of their you know, intellectual horsepower in their expertise. But they didn't come up through sales most often. Therefore, they really don't know what good looks like, and they have out-of-whack expectations. So they hire somebody, and they think sales are just going to miraculously come in, and they don't understand that there needs to be a whole system in place. So can, can you tell us a little, little bit about what expectations should be like and how to avoid yeah. this mistake? Yeah, I, I would always, I would even caution. A lot of times what I see is uh, people want to go hire the person that's been doing it for 15, 20 or 20 years that says they have a Rolodex of contacts and they're just going to move over the business. And all of a sudden yeah. they're going to make all this money. <laughs> and where, where I talk to founders that have made a lot of mistakes is they've hired people that say that, 
And then they get in there and they don't, they don't do anything. Sales is not easy. Yeah. It's it's not. That's why sales reps make as much money as they make is because it's hard. Yeah. Um, and it is a grind and there are no shortcuts to it. And, you know, I, I uh, I'm going to quote, uh, I have a friend that's a sales consultant, Greg Stanley. Uh, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but how he talks about it is um, it's like a house plant. You go, you go buy a house plant and if you don't put that house plant in the right environment, it's going to die. And, you know, and, and then what ends up happening is that the plant dies and you don't know if it was the environment or if it was a bad plant. Yeah. And a lot of times you think it's a bad plant, but really it's a bad, it's a bad, it was a great plant, but yeah. you put it in a bad environment and it died. And so um, that really hit home with me yeah. because I, I watched that happen time after time again, where um, you have to create a sales environment. And you have to have somebody within your organization to set up that right environment. When I say environment, accountability, KPIs, um, a sales atmosphere where they don't they they don't feel like they're flying solo when the day's tough and they've made forty calls and they haven't talked to one person all day long. Yeah. Like you have to put them in an atmosphere um, to where they can thrive. And it may be like, well, Greg, how do I do that if that's my not my background? Fortunately. I love sales. You know, when I started the company, that's my passion and my background. But for a lot of founders, that's not their domain or expertise. And I would just say, like, I believe in if it's not going to be you owning that function, um, hire a sales consultant that helps you set up that environment correctly from the get go before you go hire that salesperson to put him in that environment um, overall. And then also don't think once you hire that salesperson as the CEO or as the founder, you're just going to be hands off and all of a sudden money's going to start showing up. You're going to have to be involved um, in training, in teaching, in um, coaching the whole way through. Yeah. I love the house houseplant analogy. You know, when I was in the sales consulting space, I used to tell my clients, listen, you don't put a football helmet on Tiger Woods. <laughs> but if you hand him a golf club, you're going to win majors, right? So it's it's matching the talent to the environment and making sure that you're putting the talent in a position to win. It's And it's very often not understood. And I think your advice of maybe renting a sales consultant that can build your sales environment first, yeah. then recruiting in the talent is, is the way to go. Well, well, and I'll say the last thing I'll say to that, Greg, is, is – be patient. Like it, yeah. it, you have to play the long-term game far too often. I see people playing a short-term game. It's like, you know, they'll call, we'll fill a position. They'll call me like, Hey, they haven't sold anything. It's been like, how long has it been? It's been a month. <laughs> and it's like, man, it, 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 you have to play the long-term game with some of these, uh, you know, these people in your organization as well, because it's going to take time to figure it out, especially if you've never had anybody doing it before and you don't have a playbook. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we need to wrap this up, but uh, I've got yep. a few calls to action here for the listeners. So um, so if you're a member, uh, keep your eyes open for the meeting invite that will be coming to you shortly for the private Q&A session that we'll have with Carter. You'll be able to ask him direct questions. We'll go into much greater depth than we're able to do in a short podcast. Um, if you're not a member and you want to become one, go to collective54.com and submit an application and we'll get in contact with you. And then if you're just someone who wants a little, little bit more, I would uh, drive you towards our book. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm, written by yours truly, Greg Alexander. You can find it on Amazon. But 
Carter, on behalf of the membership, I appreciate you being here, making a deposit into the collective body of knowledge, and I look forward to our upcoming member session. Thank you, Greg. Okay, take care. <laughs>